Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on what will probably be a little shorter than average episode of Vitality Radio. I've had a lot of guests lately and haven't done as many solo shows, but today is a solo show and it's something that's been on my mind for just about a week is all. I have a list of show ideas that's pretty long. Um, And, uh, you know, some of them are episodes that uh, would be complementary to previous episodes and topics I've done. Some of them would be uh, episodes that are brand new, something I've never talked about before, at least not in detail. Today is one of those episodes, but it just came to me when somebody asked me just last week, what is a four to one extract? On the back of one of my formulas, it was the anxiety release product that I developed uh, about a year ago. Uh, I had people that, uh, or I had someone ask, hey, what does this four to one extract uh, mean? Or four colon one is what it says, four colon one extract. And they want to know what that meant. And I realized that that's like, pretty easy uh, for someone who is on the inside and looking at formulas and has been looking at herbal things for a long, long time. And I anticipate that some people listening to this episode will already know what a four to one extract is. But I also believe that most people probably aren't quite sure of maybe, maybe they understand the concept of what four to one might mean, but how is that done? How does it compare to a 10 to one or a 100 to one extract? Uh, How does it compare to a standardized extract? And then how is it extracted? And what is an extract? Uh, These are all the things that I want to talk about today. We'll cover alcohol extraction versus glycerin extraction versus water extraction versus CO2 uh, extraction. And we'll talk about these different ratios and what it means when an herb is standardized for a specific ingredient. And that's what the episode will be. Now, I don't want to... um, just focus on herbs, although that's what we'll talk about today. So I'm going to do a couple of follow-up follow-up episodes of a very similar nature, and uh, those will be on one will be on vitamins and one will be on minerals. Now there are other things certainly that we sell in uh, health food stores like Vitality Nutrition. Uh, amino acids uh, come to mind. Um, omega fatty acids, uh, you know, omega three, six, nine, seven, things like that. But uh, the big three really are herbs, vitamins, and minerals. And I may even do another one on, uh, you know, amino acids or something like that down the road. But definitely those three, because I think there's a lot of good, valid reason to be pretty confused about what all that stuff means. So as I have said on previous episodes of my show, a big part, and really I think my favorite part of delivering this show, is giving you an insider's perspective, someone who's been in the industry for just about his entire life, on what all these little, all the nuance is in vitamin formulas and supplement formulas. Um, 
I'm holding a bottle of Vital Sleep in my hand. Uh, this is another formula I developed at about the same time I was developing the anxiety release formula. And it's actually an interesting formula because it has two different types of standardized extracts in it. It has three different four to one extracts and it has a uh, actually three standardized extracts, I guess it is. Um, and they're all a little bit different. And I recognize now that as a consumer, just looking at the label, there may be a lot of confusion there. So what I aim to do, like I do on many of my shows, is to just simply help you become a more informed consumer of natural supplements and help you understand some of the nuance that goes into these formulas and also uh, some of the ways that uh, or, or help to lift some of the confusion that you may have when you're looking at your own supplement bottles. So I'm going to start out by just going straight through this Vital Sleep formula. I'm not going to talk about what the herbs do per se. I might go into that just a little bit because this show is not about Vital Sleep. This show is about herbal extracts generally on any product that you might have, whether it's a liquid extract or it's a capsule or a powder or whatever, because anything that you have that has an herb in it is either going to be a whole herb or a whole part of an herb. For instance, you might have a uh, dandelion root capsule, which would be a whole herb, but just from the root of the dandelion. You may have a dandelion capsule that has the herb and the flower or even the herb and the stem and the flower. Uh, these are all possibilities. And if it's a whole herb and it doesn't say anything about an extract, then all it is is that herb dried, ground into a powder, and put into a capsule. So that would be a whole herb. And generally speaking, you'll know it's a whole herb even if it doesn't say whole herb. If it doesn't say extract or in parentheses on your supplement facts panel, it doesn't say 10% this or 4, to 4 colon 1 or 10 colon 1 or something like that. If it just says dandelion or dandelion root, then it's probably just the whole herb. I'm going to talk about why sometimes that might be better and sometimes that might be not as good as the extracts as well as I go through this whole process. So hopefully that kind of prefaces what I'm going to say and uh, gives you an idea of what we're going to dig into. I hope to do this in about 20 or 25 minutes. We'll see how effective I am at accomplishing that. All right, so let's just look at this formula because again, it's actually a pretty good example of where someone might get confused. And I recognized even looking at my own label that I might do the label just a little differently next time to make it a little less confusing. But there are some things that you simply have to list the way that the FDA requires you to list them. And so this is, again, a little bit more of an insider's perspective to help you understand that. So as I'm looking at the supplement facts panel, every supplement that's on the market has to have this panel, just like every food item has to have a nutrition facts panel. The supplement facts panel is different because it is considered by the FDA to be a dietary supplement, which doesn't mean it's for a diet or for weight loss. We've had a lot of people ask us if that's what that means. It just means that it's supplementing your diet to give you more of something that you may not be getting in your diet. And because it's not a pharmaceutical, it's not a drug facts panel. It is a supplement facts panel. So the first ingredient in Vital Sleep is 5-HTP. That's 5-hydroxytryptophan. And on my label, it says 5-HTP and then in parentheses, Griffonia extract. So let's take that one first. So in this case, people who are looking for 5-HTP have been uh, educated about 5-HTP. They've not, in most cases, been educated about Griffonia. 
In fact, I would dare say that the vast majority of people listening to this episode have never heard of Griffonia, or if they have, it's only that they've seen it on the back of their 5-HTP bottle. Well, Griffonia happens to be the highest concentration of 5-HTP, which is basically an herbal precursor to L-tryptophan on, uh, th- that is available right now. So almost all 5-HTP, well, all that I've ever seen, probably all of it, comes from Griffonia extract. But if I were to put on my bottle... Griffonia extract and not list 5-HTP or not list how much 5-HTP, it would be very confusing to the consumer of that product as to how much 5-HTP they're getting. And they may not even know they're getting 5-HTP because all the label says is Griffonia. But because most people in this case are looking for 5-HTP, I have all of that written out. So you know where the 5-HTP comes from, And then also that the 5-HTP, or sorry, but also how much 5-HTP is in the formula. In this case, there's 50 milligrams of 5-HTP in the serving size, which is two capsules. Now, I'm going to point that out too. This is pretty important. And hopefully if this, uh, if you can see this, uh, for those of you who are looking on Instagram, um, it says supplement facts there, and it says serving size, two capsules. Now, I've brought this up on previous episodes, but since we're going into the label, let's talk about that for just a moment. First off, just because the serving size says two capsules or one capsule or five capsules, it doesn't matter what it says, doesn't mean that's how many pills you should actually be taking. That is the manufacturer's recommendation of how many pills should be taken um, in a single dose. But some bottles might say to take a serving two or three times a day, which would mean that you're taking not two capsules, but you're taking two capsules two or three times a day. Others will say uh, to just take one serving. And if it says one serving, then in this case, it'd be two capsules. But in many labels, the directions and the serving size are in two different uh, spots on the label. So it's a little bit confusing. So always, 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 before you buy a supplement or before you take a supplement, look for those two things at the very least. How much is the serving size? How many capsules does it take to give you the amount that is shown on that supplement facts panel? And how many of those servings ought you to be taking? That would be then not on the supplement facts panel, but in the directions, which is sometimes above the supplement facts panel, sometimes below it, sometimes on the other side of the bottle. So you have to look for those two things and they matter because the two together really give you the information you need to wisely dose the product. Okay, so back to that particular herb, the Griffonia extract, 50 milligrams. So this is what's important. Because we're trying to tell you as the consumer that there's 50 milligrams of 5-HTP in the formula, that's what we list as the ingredient, 5-HTP, 50 milligrams. The stuff in the parentheses is never going to be the um, the primary compound that we're... Um, uh, or, or, or sorry, it's not going to be the total milligrams of what's in the product, okay? So what I mean by that is, in this case, 5-HTP, the 5-HTP that I use is a 98% extract. That means that 98% of the Griffonia extract is 5-HTP. So to get 50 milligrams of 5-HTP in my product, I had to use 51 milligrams of Griffonia, But we don't list 51 milligrams of Griffonia because we want you to know how much of the active ingredient you're getting, which in this case is 5-HTP. 
This is known as a standardized extract. The extract of the plant, Griffonia, is standardized to 90, or sorry, yeah, to 98% Griffon, or sorry, 98% 5-HTP. I said this was confusing. It's standardized to 98% 5-HTP from the plant, Griffonia, and that's how we know how much 5-HTP is actually in the product. Now, that is completely different than what I first stated with whole herbs. Whole herbs are just the whole herb, right? That's going to be the, it's, they're going to dry them, of course, uh, if they're going to put them into a capsule. But you're going to have, if you imagine, um, you know, a dried flower or a dried leaf uh, that you've, you've, a beautiful fall leaf that you've brought in and, and uh, let dry on the table, that's what would then be ground into a powder and put into a capsule if it is a whole herb. In the case of Griffonia, if we were to do a whole herb, we would have to use much, much more Griffonia to get the 50 milligrams of 5-HTP that we're looking for. So there's two reasons why a standardized extract can make sense, two primary reasons. One is you're going to be able to use a lot less herb, which will take up a lot less space in a capsule. And so you, as the consumer, benefits in that way by taking either less capsules or smaller capsules, or in some cases, both. The other reason, though, is that you know how much you're actually getting. Because if you're just taking Griffonia, how do you know how much 5-HTP you're getting? Because literally every plant, every uh, part of the plant that contains Griffonia is going to be a little different from plant to plant to plant, depending on how the plant was raised, where it was raised, what the weather was like while it was raised. There's all kinds of variables that impact the potency of the actual ingredients in there. But when they standardize the extract, it takes all the variables away, and we know that we're going to get to 98% 5-HTP. Those are the advantages of a standardized extract. The disadvantages, though, and there are some disadvantages, are that in some cases, and I would say in many cases, there are herbs that the rest of the plant matters a lot. Um, let's take an example. Griffonia, I really don't think, is an example of that, so we'll you'll jump off that. But let's just take CBD, for instance, or uh, better yet, let's take marijuana. Okay, so marijuana is a source of CBD. Uh, hemp plants are sources of CBD, and some of them are considered marijuana that would be the same type that you might smoke uh, or uh, use in a, you know, in a gummy from a, a marijuana dispensary or something like that for pain or anxiety or whatever else. If you're looking for just CBD, you don't want the whole hemp plant because with that hemp, you'll also get the THC. And THC is the psychoactive aspect of CBD. So that's a third reason why a standardized extract can make a lot of sense. If you don't want something that's in the plant, a standardized extract in many cases can remove that completely from the plant. So you can have CBD extract that has zero THC if it's extracted correctly into a standardized extract, which would then give you a specific deliverable amount of CBD and has wiped out the THC. Now, on the flip side of that, we know that a little bit of THC with CBD is more effective in most cases than CBD by itself. So there's always, again, a lot of nuance with this, a lot of little things that have to be taken into mind, and which is why I decided I needed to really do this episode. So let's take hemp again 
for instance, if we standardize down to only CBD, and that's all that's there, that would be considered an isolate. So we've isolated the CBD from the hemp plant. Isolated extracts can be very, very good and very, very strong because there's nothing else there. It's just that ingredient. But I believe that nature knows what it's doing. God knows what he's doing when he made all this stuff, knew what he was doing when he made all this stuff. And truth is, in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases, all of the constituents of the plants, or at least many of the constituents of these plants, matter. And so we found that by extracting for CBD and leaving a little bit of THC in there, many CBD products are 0.3% THC by volume, then we actually get a better result without creating a psychoactive effect. So they've eliminated enough of the THC to take away that potential negative that some people might consider a bad thing, and they've still left the CBD at a high enough dose to be an effective dose. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about a standardized extract. And it can be standardized all the way down to 100%, which would be an isolate or it can be some percentage, and that can be anywhere from, you know, less than 1% all the way up to, you know, 99.9%. So that's uh, the first ingredient and kind of an explanation of standardized. Uh, the rest of these won't take as long. The next standardized extract in my vital sleep formula is called ashwagandha. Now, anybody that's listened to Vitality Radio very many times has heard me talk about ashwagandha. It's probably my favorite herb. And while it's not for everybody, it is very, very valuable for many, many people. And it's another one that's a little confusing. It's such a popular herb. It's been in use for 5,000 years plus in India. And it's such a popular herb that many companies are making a variety of different uh, versions of this herb, ashwagandha. The one that I personally believe is the best for most people and for most things is a brand called Sensoril. Now, Sensoril, if you look on the back of the bottle again, says Sensoril with a little R with a circle around it. That would be a registered trademark. That means that it's not just a standardized extract, but it's a patented standardized extract. In order to come up with a patented standardized extract, you have to have some sort of unique process or property associated with your extract that makes it different than anything else that anybody else can make. And then you patent it to keep other people from copying that, right? The same with any other kind of patent. So Sensoril Ashwagandha my formula says Sensoril with that little registered trademark, ashwagandha, 10% with thanalides. And then the dosage is 250 milligrams. So that would mean that there's of the 250 milligrams of ashwagandha extract, 10% of that is with thanalides. With thanalides are considered the most measurable and most beneficial compound in Sensoril. Now, the other 90% of that plant... Uh, or of that extract will still be the rest of what's in the ashwagandha plant. So you're still getting all of those other natural constituents there. And in that way, to a large degree, it's kind of the best of both worlds because you're getting a lot of whole plant properties. And then you're also getting a higher percentage of actual actual with thanalides in the ashwagandha. So the herb ashwagandha in nature seems to range somewhere between about 1% and 1.7% with analytes, uh, if it's just extracted down uh, without any special processes aiming at getting more with analytes out of the plant. 
And so most ashwagandha extracts on the market will say 1.7%. That's the most common one that I've seen out there. Some say 1.5%, but somewhere in that range. And what they're doing there is they're just doing an extract, um, almost like what you would do with herbal tea. An herbal tea is an herbal extract. You take, and I'll, I'll just pick on dandelion again. Um, you take dandelion root and you steep it in tea for a few minutes. And that hot tea or that hot water, sorry, acts as a solvent, a natural solvent that pulls a lot of the nutrition and uh, benefits of the plant out of the plant, out of the fiber of the plant and into the water. And if you've ever made herb tea, you've seen the clear water turn brown or yellow or whatever color it turns, depending on what type of tea you're making. That is the water pulling the nutrients and the other uh, ingredients out of the plant. And then, of course, you're discarding, in most cases, the actual plant fiber itself in the tea bag uh, and drinking just what's left, which would be a hot water extract. You can also extract with alcohol. You can extract with glycerin. These are known as glycerites in many cases. You can extract with um, CO2. There are even plants that are extracted with hexane, uh, which is a chemical solvent, or butane, or propane, uh, you know, different types of, of fuel, basically, that work as excellent solvents. But the question is then, well, do I really, you know, what's happening with those things? Am I getting any of that ingredient in my final product. And the question that that question kind of depends on, you know, how they're doing it, what the process is. And so it's uh, that part gets a little bit confusing. But as a general rule, what they're doing when they're extracting a plant is they're just looking to get as much of the active constituents out of the plant so that you can get a better uh, bang for the buck and also a better result uh, from the product. And so that is, is how all this is done. So in the case of the sensorial ashwagandha, we have 10% with thanalides, which makes it about, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five times, six times as strong as regular, uh, a regular extract of sensorial, or sorry, of ashwagandha. Uh, others on the market have 5%. I've seen one that has 35% with thanalides. The more concentrated it becomes doesn't necessarily mean that it is better because you are, with every extra percentage point of active ingredient, you are taking away some of the rest of the whole plant. And so that has to be kept in mind. And there's, there's a balance with all of this stuff. So then that means that if you're looking at these patented extracts like Sensoril, it behooves you as a consumer to do your research and understand, okay, why did they shoot for 10%? And what have they been able to prove that that 10% with analytes in their process delivers the result? Now, I believe Sensoril is the best ashwagandha, ashwagandha on the market, and that is why I have it in several of my formulas and even sell just a straight Sensoril ashwagandha capsule in an extract uh, or extract in a capsule form. But there are other people that believe that other forms of ashwagandha are better. And to some degree, I will say that's up to you as a consumer to kind of figure out, look at the different forms, read the different literature on the forms and, and make a decision. Listen to people like me and find resources that you trust and see if you can uh, make your best judgment based on that. And then always, always pay attention to the actual result. How does your body respond to that herb when you take it? How does it respond to this version when you take it versus that version when you take it? 
Okay, so the next one on here is lemon balm. And I also have skullcap and passionflower in this formula, all of which are 100 milligrams each and four to one extract. So in this case, it reads skullcap four colon one extract. Passionflower, four colon one extract. Uh, lemon balm, four colon one extract. What does that mean? What's the four to one? Well, that's actually really the simplest extract to explain. And it's the closest to just making herb tea, except that you don't really know with the herb tea what the ratio is because you don't have any kind of spectrograph or scientific equipment to try and figure that out after you steep the tea. But in this case, all it means is they've used let's say 400 milligrams in this case of lemon balm to make 100 milligrams of extract. So they've concentrated it four times. They've removed enough water and enough fiber from the plant that you have four times as much of the other stuff left in the uh, product as you normally would. It is four times concentrated. The easiest uh, analogy I can find for this is if you had a, uh, you, you remember the old days? We don't do this very much anymore, but my mom did it all the time. She would buy orange juice, concentrate in a uh, little frozen can, and we'd pop the top and add three more cans of water uh, to reconstitute that into orange juice. And in so doing, what we really were doing was taking a four to one extract and uh, or a three to one extract in this case and reconstituting it with water. And that's all this is. It's just four times as concentrated as a normal whole plant would be. Why would you want that? Well, those extracts in many cases are actually the best extracts because they haven't taken anything out of the plant by searching for a specific compound. The whole plant is still there, except there's less fiber and less water. Most of the rest of the constituents of the plant are then extracted out. And this is why companies will use alcohol or glycerin or CO2 or different things like that. Because what they're trying to do is figure out how to get as much out of the plant as you possibly can. And they and alcohol pulls certain things out of the plant. Water pulls certain things out of the plant. CO2 can pull certain things out of the plant. All of them do it without uh, creating a lot of damage. And so they're generally the most commonly used along with glycerin when it comes to these extracts. So if you're looking at two different bottles on the shelf and you see, let's just say it's Skullcap, for instance, and you're in your health food store or you're down at Vitality Nutrition, you're looking at Skullcap and one says four to one extract, 100 milligrams, and another one says uh, 500 milligrams, you know, it's four to one. So basically they're about the same in terms of concentration, or not in terms of concentration, but in terms of potency, um, if you're looking at those two things. So we're not always looking, especially with herbs, at how many milligrams, we're looking at how concentrated, and then also how many milligrams to determine the potency of that product. But if I were to use whole herb in this formula, instead of a two capsule serving size, I actually was looking at it and kind of doing the math before the show, I believe we would be at about five capsules uh, to get the same payload as uh, we actually to be even more than that now that I think about it because of the 5-HTP is a 98% extract. So maybe it would be six or even seven capsules to deliver the same punch that we're getting in two capsules uh, because I'm using so many extracts in the product. The last ingredient in this formula is black pepper extract. And what it says is black pepper, 
comma, or sorry, um, parentheses, 95% piperine. So the piperine is what we're looking for in the black pepper. It's 95% that and 5% just whatever's left over. And the reason in this case, and in pretty much every case that piperine or black pepper extract is in a formula, would be because they are looking to um, increase the potency and the uh, punch of the formula by increasing the absorption of it in the stomach. We know that black pepper extract and piperine in particular uh, actually open up receptors more efficiently at bringing in nutrition. Most things taken with black pepper will absorb at a higher rate than things that are not taken with black pepper. So that's why that's in there. There's only three milligrams of it. Uh, but the reason that those three milligrams are there is to basically potentize the rest of the formula. That's another standardized extract. It's a 95% standardized extract, and that's how that gets listed on the bottle. So that's basically kind of the 101 on herbal extracts. If you're looking uh, you're digging around online, you're listening to podcasts, you're learning about an herb like ashwagandha and learning about all the things that they've shown that ashwagandha could potentially be good for, uh, stress response, sleep, anxiety, those types of things, your thyroid, some good information out on ashwagandha and thyroid help. If you're looking at all of that and you're wondering, okay, so now which ashwagandha should I go with? Don't go to the store and say, oh, that one's 500 milligrams. It's the best. It's just unfortunately not that simple. Go to the store, see the milligrams on the front of the bottle, go to the back of the bottle on the supplement facts and figure out what the percentage of the active ingredient in this case would be with thanalides. And then if you're looking at two, and I'll give you a great example of this again. Uh, there's one called KSM Ashwagandha, KSM 66. It's a great product. I like it. I sell it at Vitality, but I don't think it's optimal for the stress response that most people are looking for with uh, the sensorial Ashwagandha. I think it's actually better at boosting testosterone based on the research that I've seen and based on customer feedback over the years, thousands of customers that have used uh, ashwagandha over the years, I have determined that most people respond better to Sensoril than they do to the KSM-66, but not everyone. And that is why we also carry the KSM-66. But KSM-66 has typically 600 milligrams as a dose. And that's usually in two capsules. Sometimes it's in one. And Sensoril has 250 milligrams uh, as a dose, and that's usually in just one capsule. So let's just say you're comparing a KSM-66 that has 300 milligrams per capsule and a Sensoril ashwagandha that has 250 milligrams of, uh, with anal or, or, sorry, of ashwagandha in the capsule. You would think the KSM is stronger. But the KSM is a 5% extract and the Sensorel is a 10% extract. And therefore, the Sensorel is nearly twice as potent, at least in the withanolides. And so that's why the big picture matters when it comes to herbal extracts. And I hope that this topic has been helpful. I hope that you can also, you know, kind of extrapolate some of what I've said into other areas of supplement facts panels when you're looking at vitamins and minerals and things like that. But again, I'm going to do a vitamin show and a mineral show. I, 
I probably deliver the vitamin show first because I've already actually started writing that one, and then we'll do minerals uh, not too much later. So they, there will be companion shows. Once they've all been released, uh, they'll all have the same title, but one will be you know herbs and one will be vitamins and one will be minerals to try and keep it simple as far as that goes. But we'll link them in the show description to each other once they've all been released so that if you listen to this, you know, a month or two months or whatever after it's been released, uh, you'll be able to look in the show description and see when the other ones were released and you can kind of use them all as companions. Again, my goal is to help you become a more informed and conscientious consumer of supplements. There's a lot of marketing out there, a lot of what I call uh, marketing propaganda and marketing smoke screens determined to convince you that you're getting a great product when in many cases, maybe what they're saying doesn't hold a lot of weight. And uh, as much as I can, I want to expose those things to you so that you can make better decisions. But also, in this case, there's nothing about really marketing on the back of this bottle. It's just there's a bunch of different herbal extracts, and they're not all the same, and they all mean something different. And now you understand, hopefully, what they mean and why it might matter. I'd love to hear questions about this. Uh, it will help me to uh, deliver more information to you on Instagram. It'll also help me to deliver better information on future episodes. So if you want to call us at Vitality and ask any questions you have, you can. 801-292-6662. You can also check us out online at VitalityNutrition.com. You can ask questions in the chat box and either my son Bridger or myself will get back to you there. And uh, of course, you can also check me out on Instagram at Vitality Nutrition Bountiful or at Vitality Radio are the two best places to reach out to me there. Thank you so much for listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this has been another episode of Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.